Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so much for coming back and spending some time with me as we begin to wind down Season 6 of Weathering the Storm. Uh, today we are recording Episode 20, and our title here comes from Nehemiah Chapter 13 and the end of verse 2. Which says, Our God turned the curse into a blessing. And so we've entitled today's episode, When God Turns a Curse into a Blessing. And of course, God can do that. God can take you from the lowest of lows and take you to the highest of highs. And so this can be um, a, a challenging study, a challenging concept. But I believe the Bible teaches us many different ways in which God can, can do that. And so certainly this would imply. Uh, that when we're weathering the storm, sometimes it feels like a curse. Sometimes it, we wonder, why me? Why is this happening to me? But we can trust in God, and we can know that God can turn that difficult, tr- awful time, that trial, and turn it into a triumph. And so looking forward to this study with you today. Again, we're in Nehemiah chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3, and then spend the time making application. Before we dive into our text, I do want to say, uh, a word of gratitude to you. I thank you so much for listening this season. Uh, this has been a blessing for me to study the book of Nehemiah. I've been able to come across some really good material. Um, for example, the Brown Trail School of Preaching did a lectureship on this, and that's been a great study. I recommend that for you. And also just being able to go through the book myself and just be able to read it and look back through my notes from Memphis and so so thankful for my instructors there and the time that and the study that they put into the book and then teaching us. And so, again, just been a very rewarding study for me, very thankful to have the time to go with it, and thankful that I was able to go with it with uh, through it with you. So, again, just wanted to, to say a word of thanks, <clears throat> and also want to say a word about the Scattered Abroad Network that I strive to do each time. Uh, so thankful for the network, and to be to, for this podcast to be on the network is a true blessing, and it's an honor. And so thankful for the the men who who make up the network and for their encouragement and their support. Uh, you can find more out about us if you'd like to visit our website, scatteredabroad.org. You can reach out to us with any comments or concerns you may have, thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we encourage you to subscribe to our master feed. That way you have access to all the different podcasts that come out and just uh, extremely humbled and grateful to be able to be the host of Weathering the Storm, to be on the network, and to be able to study the Word of God with you. So again, we are recording episode 20, and as we think about this idea of God turning a curse into a blessing, I want to first look at the text and consider what is going on, and then we will dive into our study. Remember, this is in the context of after Nehemiah dedicates the wall and there's responsibilities in the temple and and the people are starting to understand their new role and how they are to be pure and how they are to uh, constantly be thinking about how they're serving God. And so during this time when the wall is being dedicated and the people are being purified, the Bible says on that day, they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people. And in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever come into the assembly of God, because they had not met the children of Israel with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them to curse them. 
We, of course, can go back to the book of Numbers and read about that. When uh, Balak, king of Moab, was trying to uh, deliver this curse upon Israel. But then we notice, it says, however, our God turned the curse into a blessing. So it was when they had heard the law that they separated all the mixed multitude from Israel. You know, it's interesting about the Ammonites and Moabites. They, of course, were a thorn in the side of, of God's people. But you remember after Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 19, uh, and eight, well, really Genesis 18, 19, and 20, you think about the sin of, of Lot uh, with his daughters. And you think about the descendants uh, that they would have had. Uh, and so, uh, unfortunately, uh, Lot was, was given wine to drink because nobody that wasn't intoxicated would have done what he did. Uh, but then you, you read about the daughters coming and, and worried that the lineage of the father wouldn't be preserved. And so they went in and gave him drink. This is Genesis nineteen thirty five, And you had the daughters of Lot who were impregnated by their father. Uh, it's awful to read this, but but this is necessary because we come into the context of what we're studying. So this is Genesis nineteen thirty six through thirty eight. Listen to this, and then we'll go back and notice what is going on. Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab, and he is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger she also bore a son and called his name Benamah. And he is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. So when you go back to the, the beginning of the nations of, of Moab and, and Ammon, here's where it started. It came from, from this incestual relationship that was on the hills of Sodom and Gomorrah. So it goes all the way back to that. Of course, we mentioned in the book of Numbers how Balak was king of Moab, and he wanted to he wanted to throw something at the Israelites that would weaken them because they were... They were strong. They were a threat. And of course, they were a threat because God was with them. So then he hired Balaam. You know, Balaam was those wages of unrighteousness we read about in the New Testament. And so there was a a, a curse that, that he was wanting Balaam to, to put on the people of Israel. So again, this kind of goes back when you look at Nehemiah 13, 1 and 2. We go back to Genesis 19, go back to the book of Numbers, and we can read and study about this curse but God turned the curse into a blessing. To finish this out, look at verse 3 of Nehemiah 13. It says, So it was, when they had heard the law, that they separated all the mixed multitude from Israel. It goes back to our previous episode, episode 19, about purification. God's people were to be separate. They were to be pure. And they were not to intermingle with the pagan nations around them because of that that bad influence, that wicked influence that was not to be named among God's people. So in that sense, in that context, God was able to turn this curse into a blessing in that the people were spared, if they did what he said, from intermingling and causing issue. Just to illustrate this, if you look at the end of Nehemiah 13, there's a reference back to Solomon. Uh, verse 26, for example, it says, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations there was no king like him, who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, pagan women caused even him to sin. 
you remember what happened was God said, don't let your heart be taken away by women of these foreign nations. Well, Solomon did. He had hundreds of wives, and the Bible says that they took his heart away from God. So what Nehemiah is trying to do is really emphasize the need to be pure and the need to be right. And so going back to the principles of separation, the importance of that, he goes back to this time and says, listen, this was a curse. And God's people have been through so much with this. But if you'll just turn to God and trust in him, he can turn that curse into a blessing. As we put this into application to our lives, sometimes the storms that we face, we may feel like it's a curse. We may feel like this is the worst thing that could possibly be happening, when in reality, God means for it to be a blessing to our lives. And and while you're going through that storm or while you're head on with it, you're thinking there's no way this could be a blessing. But the Bible teaches that when we go through trials, if we respond to it properly, it can actually deepen our faith in God. It can make our dependence on God even stronger. For example, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Let patience have her perfect worth, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Verse 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so in the context of that, if, if you need wisdom and how am I going to get through this trial the right way, you turn to God, turn to him in prayer, and he will be there for you. So again, this is really shifting our focus to not looking at the storm itself and how awful the storm is, but looking unto God and how awesome he is, that he can turn something so bad, he can turn something so tragic into something so beautiful. He can turn a curse into a blessing. The time we have remaining, let's think about some examples in the Bible when a curse was turned into a blessing. The first one that comes to mind is Joseph. You know, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. We've mentioned this on our, on this, this season already. Sold into slavery by his own brothers, lied about to his father. They They came and brought the the coat of many colors with goat's blood on it. And, and you know, Jacob said, okay, he's dead. I'm going to mourn him to my death. He, he wasn't able to tell his mother goodbye. She died before uh, they reunited in Egypt. I would say he's sold into slavery. He's wrongfully accused. He's thrown into prison. He, he's going through so much. But the Bible says that God was with him. And in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, you know, the brothers are thinking, okay, now Joseph's in a position of power. He's, he's going to destroy us now. He says, listen, you meant it to me for evil, but God meant it for good, that I can save many people alive. So God was able to use those difficult circumstances that Joseph found himself in and turn it into something beautiful and, and allow Joseph to, to rise up from the pit to the palace to be the right-hand man of Pharaoh in Egypt. And he was able to bring his family over. He was able to, you know, use the wisdom that God gave him to interpret the dreams, to understand that the seven years of famine, the seven years of plenty, and really change the course of history by allowing his family to come over and inhabit Egypt. So that's that's just one thought. You continue in the in the biblical narrative. What about when you get to the book of Exodus? You know, God's people are growing, they're increasing, and you have 
uh, those in Egypt who are just uh, treating them very poorly. But then it says there were some Hebrew midwives who feared God, and they made sure that that they were going to keep the babies alive. Well, here's a, a curse that Pharaoh was wanting to put and th- have all the children killed, and yet God was able to turn that awful event into a blessing because Moses would be born. And Moses would grow up to lead God's people out of Egyptian bondage. So God can turn a curse into a blessing. What about Job? You know, Job was certainly tried so, so very much to lose all of his wealth, to lose all of his children, to lose the support from his wife for a moment when she said, curse God and die. He lost his health. He had the, the friends coming and and. In his ear all the time, he felt abandoned. He felt like he was on his own. And yet Job's faith blossomed with statements like, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And even though I am tried, I'll come forth as gold. And at the end of the book of Job, we learn that God blessed him and and doubled everything that he had before. So God can turn the worst circumstance into the best one. He can turn a curse into a blessing. Of course, God's not the one that cursed Job. That was Satan's doing. Satan afflicted Job in every which way. And Job lost everything but his faith. And God blessed him for it. What about Ruth? Ruth had to go through tragedy. She lost her husband. She lost her brother-in-law. And she lost her father-in-law. And then her sister-in-law, Orpah, left. And it was just Nehemiah. Or (laughs) Nehemiah, listen at me. Just Ruth. And Naomi, not Nehemiah, but Ruth and Naomi. And remember that beautiful phrase from Ruth. Entreat me not to leave you, nor from nor from following after you, but wherever you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your God will be my God. And 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 with that statement, she was able to turn this tragic event when she lost her husband and lost these these family members, and now she's away from home. A Moabitess, that's ironic to think about where we began this study today. But she was able to come over and, of course, meet her kinsman redeemer, Boaz. And when you read the end of the book of Ruth, we understand the lineage. Who would come from that? Well, David would. So God can turn this this bad situation, turn a curse, to a blessing. What about Daniel? You know, Daniel was taken from his home taken into Babylonian captivity in the first wave. Him and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are mentioned there in Daniel chapter 1. He's made a eunuch, and so he's going through uh, certainly a very difficult physical trial. Uh, He's having to change his diet. He's having to retrain and relearn all these different things. And yet, what happened with Daniel? Because God was with him, because he was faithful to God, God was able to turn this, this very awful circumstance into a blessing. Not only, as we read about that in the beginning, uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they were able to come through, but what about when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? Talk about a curse. Talk about a death sentence. And yet, God was able to turn that into a blessing. King Darius was able to go down, and and now he believes there's a a true God in heaven. Nebuchadnezzar, the world leader of of Babylon, uh, of this kingdom, was able to understand that there's a God in heaven. And so again, God can turn this circumstance into something great. One final example is that of Elijah. You know, Elijah was 
uh, a very faithful prophet of God. But Elijah went through some very difficult storms. In 1 Kings 18, he led the victory over Mount Carmel and over all the prophets of Baal, and, and what a, a powerful victory that was for God. But then when you get to 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah says, go ahead and take my life. I'm ready to die. Because Jezebel wanted him dead. And so Elijah was ready to just be done. But God sent an angel to strengthen him. He said, you need to sleep. You need to eat. You need to get back on your feet, back on track. And Elijah kept saying, well, I'm alone and left. I'm the only one here that's faithful. And God says, no, there are thousands who have not need uh, bowed the knee to Baal. You are not alone. There are others who are with you. But do you remember who Elijah was able to influence and impact? It was Elisha, wasn't it? It was Elisha. If, if Elijah would have given up, if he would have just stopped right then and there, then we wouldn't have read of Elisha. We wouldn't read of the good things that Elisha was able to do. But because Elijah trusted in God and because God was able to turn this difficult trial into a blessing, Elijah was able to pass the mantle on to Elisha and how important that connection is. So we circle all this back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in a very difficult spot. You know, his homeland, his his home front, the wall had been burned down and destroyed, and, and he's distraught, as we read in chapter 1. But God was able to use this very difficult situation and bring about a blessing. Nehemiah's faith was strengthened, the people were strengthened, the wall was rebuilt, and now he's able to do some teaching and preaching and glorify God in that area. And so for us, we need to remember that when we're going through storms and we're going through trials, that while we may feel like we're being attacked, we may feel like we're being singled out and we're being punished. A lot of times, if we'll, if we'll look at it with the right perspective, it can actually turn into a blessing. I want to share this with you, and, and I know I've told the story of Jonathan Jenkins and, and myself many times, but I, I keep coming back to it. When I left college, um, in May of 2014, I had the intention of being a physical therapist and a personal trainer. I had gone to school for that reason, got my degree in kinesiology, and I wanted to pursue that field. And I wanted to study for myself, and I wanted to be able to train people on the side and also be a physical therapist and one day open up my own practice. I've got a roommate of mine from Fred Hardman who did that and is very successful and very proud of him. And I thought that was going to be uh, my path as well. But in November of that same year, I uh, married Brittany. And in January, I came home to find out that she was pregnant with our first child. Well, when we got back from our honeymoon, I, I knew I had to get a job to support the family, support her. At that time, just me and her. And so went to work at Knott's Logistics. Um, this is a, a branch of Toyo Tires and went there to work. And I can remember working seven to seven, night shift for two weeks, day shift for two weeks. And just remember in those long days, those long days of shift work, this is not what I had in mind. This is not what I went to school for. This is not what, you know, I want to spend my, my year, my 
the rest of my 20s in here getting worn down. And in many ways, I felt like this was a curse. You know, I felt like this was where I'm stuck. This is a, it was a storm. And I was rattling it around in my own mind. Am I doing what's right? Am I, am I wasting my time? Am, am, I, am I helping? And again, as I mentioned, when, when I found out that Brittany and I were having a, a, a child, you know, I, I really thought, well, I've got to dig deep and I've got to stay here and I've got to just run. I got to do this. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, but this, this can't be what I've got in front of me. And then you insert me meeting Jonathan Jenkins at about three o'clock in the morning. We're in the back of the warehouse and we get to talking and we realize we're from, he was from the Cartersville area. I'm from Adairsville. And we, we started connecting some dots. And then the question got brought up about religion. And we got to studying about the church. And he would bring his Bible to work, and I would bring mine. And about a year and a half of studying, he and his wife, Heather, obeyed the gospel. And that moment changed my life forever, and probably my eternal destiny. Because that night I decided that I wanted to be a gospel preacher. That night I decided that this is what it's all about, that there's no greater joy than, than trying to help someone come to Jesus. And by being a tool for God. And so in many ways, I felt like that time in the warehouse was a curse. I felt like it was a uh, just a slow decline of, you know, this is not what I wanted to do, and I'm stuck here. But God was able to turn that into a blessing. And I'm just so thankful for that event in my life. And I'm sure that you, as you listen, can think of some times and think of events when you know, you go back and you think, man, that was the worst thing that ever could have happened. That was that felt like a curse. But then you can look back and say, you know what, though? God took care of me. And God was able to turn that low time into a time of great joy. Let's remember that God is the God of the valleys and the peaks. And God can be with you, and He can certainly turn a curse into a blessing. He can turn your storm into a time of peace. But it's all about our perspective. It's all about how we respond to the trials of life. I thank you so much for listening today. Again, I've enjoyed this study. I hope that you have as well. And next week, we will come to the conclusion of our study of Nehemiah. We'll come to the conclusion of season six of Weathering the Storm. And we're going to focus on the phrase, remember me, oh my God. That comes from the mouth of Nehemiah. He's going to say it twice And so we're going to conclude Season 6, but we're also going to provide a Season 7 preview. So please join us next week as we close out this season. I thank you so much for listening today. So very grateful for this opportunity to record this podcast, and I hope and pray that this will help you to turn to God in in hopes that you can weather the storms of life. Again, I thank you for listening. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.